Welcome to In Layman's Terms, a podcast dedicated to stories of discipleship and the exploration of how we can put Scripture to use in our daily lives. I'm your host, Todd Seifert. I serve as Communications Director of the Great Plains Conference of the United Methodist Church, a network of about 800 churches throughout Kansas and Nebraska. I'm a certified lay minister in the United Methodist Church with more than 25 years of experience teaching the Bible to people from pre-teens to 90-somethings. I'm passionate about what the Bible has to teach us and about the ways people live out their faith in Jesus Christ. Thank you for joining me. I love technology. I don't know what I would do without my smartphone. I don't know what I would do without computers, TVs. Think of what life would be like today without those things if we didn't have smartphones. What if we didn't have the automobile to take us from place to place? Let's get even more basic. What if we didn't have indoor plumbing? These things make our lives easier. But you know what? Sometimes I wish I didn't make life more difficult than it needed to be. Let me give you a couple of examples. My day job is as the communications director for the Great Plains Conference, and one of the things I'm required to do each year is to publish a workbook before our annual conference session. It includes all kinds of things, like the schedule, documents for the annual conference business session. Normally, it's about 80 pages in length, but this year, because of disaffiliation legislation and a bunch of other things that we needed to include, well, it was more than 240 pages in length. But because of something that I did during the setup of the document, it wouldn't label the page numbers for me in the program known as InDesign. I'm not great at InDesign, but I know it well enough. And I tried everything I could find on YouTube and on their own chat uh, boards to try to figure out how to do this. Well, it turns out I had done something at the creation of the document that wouldn't allow for that function to work. So I had to go in and insert page numbers manually on every page. It took me a long time. Now it wasn't hard, it just cost me time. But it was a mistake that I made, something I made harder than it needed to be. Here's another example. Last spring, I bought a new Ryobi battery-powered lawn trimmer. I wanted one of those straight shank types of models to alleviate some of the issues with my back. I didn't want to bend over as much anymore. And I wanted a battery charge machine so I could save on gas and it's better for the environment. I had read lots of good reports about Ryobi and I already had some of their drills so I felt really good about this so I bought one. All was well until it came time to replace the spool of trimmer line that first time. Now some of you know that I spent hundreds of hours operating these kinds of handheld machines working for my dad's lawn care service as a teenager and as a young adult and then also in my own yard as I got older. So I kind of routinely, muscle memory kind of thing kicked in, I unscrewed the bump knob and re-threaded the line, but the trimmer head didn't quite go back onto the machine right. It turns out that I had to have two people to do it that way. One to screw on the cap again and another person to hold the trimmer head steady so it didn't rotate or fall out of place. And I knew that this couldn't be how they designed this thing. There's no way that they would require two people to change trimmer line like this. And sure enough, that's not how they designed it. I had made it way more difficult than it needed to be. 
I watched a YouTube video and I quickly saw that I had just basically done everything wrong. All I had to do was turn two arrows to match some markings. And then you could thread the line rather through the hole until it came out on the other hole on the other side. Then this special crank, frankly, that should have been my first clue, fits onto the bump knob and you just wind it counterclockwise and it, I'm sorry, clockwise, and it winds the, the trimmer line into place. It's super easy. It's really quick, but that's not the way it worked for me because I made that mistake at the very beginning. I made assumptions. I had made things way more difficult than they needed to be. The maker of that Ryobi battery operated trimmer had made it easier for me and I chose to make it more difficult. And I think that's one of the sub-messages of today's lesson from the book of Acts. The key point of this episode's lesson in this sermon series is that we're supposed to be accepting of and love all people. So I want you to hold on to those themes today as I read this scripture. It's a story you may be familiar with, but perhaps we'll plow some new ground with it today. It's a story about a vision by the Apostle Peter and what happens as a result of that vision. So we're going to look at Acts chapter 10, verses 9 through 16, and verses 25 through 36. First, let's take verses 9 through 16. Peter went up on the roof to pray. He became hungry and wanted to eat. While others were preparing the meal, he had a visionary experience. He saw heaven opened up and something like a large linen sheet being lowered to the earth by its four corners. Inside the sheet were all kinds of four-legged animals, reptiles, and wild birds. A voice told him, Get up, Peter. Kill and eat. Peter exclaimed, Absolutely not, Lord. I have never eaten anything impure or unclean. The voice spoke a second time. Never consider unclean what God has made pure. This happened three times. Then the object was suddenly pulled back into heaven. Within the 613 rules that we read about, or the laws rather, from Genesis through Deuteronomy, there are all kinds of rules and regulations. Really, they're meant to accomplish three things. They're supposed to help us better love God, love others, and make disciples or new followers of God. The law was supposed to be a means of accomplishing those three things. Instead, the people focused more on the rules than on the reasons for those rules. So instead of having what I call a three-bullet-point job description as followers of Christ, which is to love God, love others, and make disciples, well, they managed to impose 613 rules on themselves, making it almost impossible for them to follow everything. So instead of providing a framework for living, the law provided a prison for identifying and dealing with sin. Instead of showing love, they followed rules. And you know what? Peter was stuck in that way of thinking. So when he has a vision that shows him that none of God's creation is impure or out of bounds, he rebels. He says, absolutely not, Lord. Think about what Peter's really saying in his surprise at this revelation. He's basically saying, I won't eat things that are against the Mosaic Law. Those are the dietary restrictions. 
and they weren't really part of the three-bullet job description anyway. But it also means I'm not going to deal with Gentiles or non-Jews. I won't reach beyond my own small group of people to show them love or to teach them about Christ. I won't strive to leave the prison of insulation that I've built for myself. Peter's trying to come to grips with what this vision has to teach him. And in fact, in verse 17, we hear that, quote, Peter was bewildered about the meaning of the vision, end quote. So God does with Peter what God often does with us. God decides to give Peter a chance to practice. Elsewhere, at Caesarea by the sea, that is, on the coast of the Mediterranean Sea, there's a Roman centurion named Cornelius. He's stationed in a prime location, so he likely has a very good reputation. He's probably done a very good job for the Roman Empire, and based on his title, he probably was a leader of a hundred or more men. We know that he's a Gentile, a non-Jew, which means Jewish people really aren't supposed to mingle with him at all. But scripture tells us he and his whole household were pious God worshipers. He gave generously to Jewish people in need, and we know that he prayed to God. So God sends an angel to him with instructions. Cornelius is supposed to send messengers to Joppa to summon a man named Simon, also known as Peter. So Cornelius sends two servants and a trusted soldier from his personal staff. Right after Peter sees his vision of the unclean animals, the men sent by Cornelius come knocking. They tell Peter the story, and he agrees to go with them back to Cornelius' house. And that's where our story picks up. Chapter 10, verses 25 through 36. Cornelius met him and fell at his feet in order to honor him. But Peter lifted him up, saying, Get up, like you, I'm just a human. As they continued to talk, Peter went inside and found a large gathering of people. He said to them, You all realize it is forbidden for a Jew to associate or visit with outsiders. However, God has shown me that I should never call a person impure or unclean. For this reason, when you sent for me, I came without objection. I want to know then, why have you sent for me? Cornelius answered, Four days ago at this same time, three o'clock in the afternoon, I was praying at home. Suddenly a man in radiant clothing stood before me. He said, Cornelius, God has heard your prayers and your compassionate acts are like a memorial offering to him. Therefore send someone to Joppa and summon Simon, who is known as Peter. He's a guest in the home of Simon the Tanner located near the seacoast. I sent for you right away and you were kind enough to come. Now here we are, gathered in the presence of God to listen to everything the Lord has directed you to say. Peter said, I really am learning that God doesn't show partiality to one group of people over another. Rather, in every nation, whoever worships him and does what is right is acceptable to him. This is the message of peace he sent to the Israelites by proclaiming the good news through Jesus Christ. He is Lord of all. I love that quote. I really am learning that God doesn't show partiality to one group of people over another. How many people need to hear, understand, and put that message to use in today's America? 
or in today's world. I started this episode by telling you of a mistake I made in putting together a large book of information for the Great Plains Annual Conference session. The reason it was more than 240 pages in length is because there's legislation there allowing for the disaffiliation of 155 of the churches in Kansas and Nebraska, a full legal resolution for each one of those churches. Now, anyone who's been paying attention to the issues with the United Methodist Church knows that this is a battle over LGBTQ plus persons that dates back to the year I was born, 1972. It kind of came to a head in 2019 at a special session of what we call our general conference when conservative delegates passed legislation aimed at forcing progressives or centrists, like myself, to leave the church over the ordination of gay pastors and the allowance of same-gender weddings on United Methodist Church properties. Now, if you're curious that I'm going to go down some rampage on this, I want you to calm down for a moment. Uh, for the record, I am absolutely for full inclusion, but I didn't start there. I still struggle at times with understanding some things, and at one time I admit to losing sleep over it. But I did three things about this topic. I prayed about it. I listened to people on both sides, their messages and the spirit in which they delivered those messages. And I read and reread and reread the passage that I just shared with you. And like Peter, I really am learning that God doesn't show partiality to one group of people over another. And I think I more fully understand that that doesn't matter to God at all about our gender, our skin color, who we love, our political views, what we like, or even what we eat. And I guess all I can do is share with you what my philosophy is on this at this point. If it doesn't reflect those three bullet points that I've shared with you in the past, the important stuff, loving God, loving others, and making new disciples, if it doesn't do one of those three things, I've decided, at least for me, then it really doesn't matter. It's not something that's a deal breaker for a relationship between me and another person. And I don't think it's a deal breaker for God either. I go back to a speech that I heard from Reverend Dr. Mike Slaughter back in November of 2022. He said something very simple but very profound that I keep coming back to over and over again. He said this, Jesus is Lord. The rest is just conversation. And I've taken that as a mantra. I think it's right. I want to close with a powerful story that I heard at that very same event in November. Uh, it was told by Reverend Dr. Stan Copeland. He's a senior pastor of Lover's Lane United Methodist Church in Dallas. He tells the story of Tom Shipp, who was the first full-time pastor at Lover's Lane. And, well, I'm going to let Stan tell you. Uh, it's something that I recorded for a podcast episode from that event uh, back in 2022. But Stan tells it way better than I do. So here's the story. Uh, Tom Shipp was the, uh, basically the first pastor here, first full-time pastor. Uh, he came here when he was uh, 27 years old from Highland Park where he was an associate. The, house, the church was meeting in a house. Uh, but Tom Shipp's story is quite amazing. He was uh, basically an orphan. His mother died um, when he was five years old um, and he had three siblings. And uh, his father moved back to southern Missouri where he, Tom's grandmother lived because she had to help with the kids. He worked for the railroad. And when uh, Tom's grandmother Lizzie died, they were basically orphans. 
And so the father made sure that they had homes, uh, basically with farming families in, in uh, southern Missouri. And, uh, and, and Tom uh, went to a family. I think he was 15 years old when he went to this family. And uh, he recounted that he did his chores, which was his role, and uh, went to the house for supper. Um, and when he went into the, the kitchen, there were, there were four chairs at the table. And the father of the family said, boy, you don't eat in the house with the rest of us. Uh, we'll bring your food when we're finished and you eat at the little table on the porch and you'll sleep in the barn. So that was his room and board arrangements that he would, uh, he would eat by himself on the porch and sleep by himself in the barn. And it gets cold in Missouri. I did my seminary experience up there. Um, so Tom said after about a year or so of that that he asked his dad if he could make other arrangements. And so his dad spoke to another farming family. The father of the family's name was Les Coons. And, um, and, and Les um, uh, really had a similar farm situation as did the other family. Uh, but Tom said the first day he did his chores, he washed at the well, and he went into the house, uh, and there was a, was a place for him at the table. And so he sat and he ate with the family, just like one of the kids. And he said, there was a, a, there was a bed for me in the house. And so he said that it meant so much to him to, uh, to be welcomed by that family. And he said they took me to town, what Les did, and said they bought me my first new pair of overalls and first, uh, you know, new shirts, new, new socks, new shoes. Everything was new and he'd never had anything new in his life. Um, and then he said, but the best part was on Sunday, they took me to their church, a little Methodist church. Um, and it was one of these little churches where the altar rail went around the, uh, the center pulpit and the Lord's table. And he said he'd never taken communion. And so he, was, um, he just knelt down at the altar rail as did Les and his family. And Les was on his left side. And he said, and then the man where he used to work knelt beside him on his right side. And so he was watching as uh, the pastor was taking the elements, the, the, the bread and the wine, little cups, little crackers. And uh, he said he reached his hand to receive the, 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 the bread and the man on his right side grabbed his hand and wouldn't let him receive communion. And so um, at that time, Les Coons leaned over and he said, it's not your table. But the man wouldn't let him go. And Les said again, it's not your table. And then Tom said, um, the man still wouldn't let him go. And Les said in a voice loud enough for the whole church to hear, it's not your table. And he said, uh, he released his grip. And Tom said, I received communion for the very first time. And he said that um, that experience meant so much to me that I knew my place was in the church. And um, uh, and, and you know, I believe that when Tom became the pastor here, he welcomed alcoholics, which was very unusual in the 40s. Uh, in fact, in 1968, it was said that this church, which was the fourth largest in the connection at the time, had 350 alcoholic families. And um, I, I believe that Tom had ringing in his ear all throughout his ministry. It's not your table, it's the Lord's table. 
and at this table, all are welcome. Isn't that a great story? Mr. Coons understood that Tom and everyone were welcome to interact with Jesus because Jesus sacrificed himself for all people for all time and for eternity. Mr. Coons understood that it was his job to love God, love others, and to make new disciples. Mr. Coons didn't make this thing known as Christianity more difficult than it needed to be. He loved God by loving another person. He showed love to Tom by sticking up for him and making him part of the family. And by doing so, oh yeah, he made a new disciple. A disciple who went on to lead many others to being disciples of Jesus. I pray that we can do the same. It's not our table, or church for that matter. Both belong to Christ. And all are welcome. That's an important lesson from the book of Acts. In Layman's Terms is a podcast sponsored by the Great Plains Conference of the United Methodist Church and by me, your host, Todd Seifert. If you like what you've heard in this episode, please go rate us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you're listening. It helps others find us. And if you're so inclined, please share the link to this podcast on your social media channels. Our music and sound effects come via subscriptions to Universal Production Music and to Storyblocks. You can find archived episodes on the conference website at www.greatplainsumc.org podcasts or on my website, toddseifert.com. Please email me with any questions or comments to tseifert at greatplainsumc.org and I'll do my best to respond as quickly as possible. Thank you for listening. And until next time, please do what you can to help make more disciples of Jesus Christ. You can play a small part in helping change a life.